0: I apologize for taking your time. Thank you so much in advance for your support. Enjoy this episode.
1: So I want to start with a a Midrash. The Midrash says as follows. of Simon, Bisho, at, at, at the time when God created the world, time when God created the world, when God was about to create Adam, so there were different opinions. Nasu malachia, ashares, kisim, kisim, haburos haburos, The angels, the ministering angels, got into groups and started demonstrating. And there were basically two different parties. Mehem omrim al yibare, umehem omrim yibare. There were two different groups. One said, don't create man, mankind. And the other said, yes, create man. Chesed Omer The side of Chesed, the team of Chesed, which is loving kindness, they said, create man. You know why? Because mankind is going to be so kind. They're going to do such amazing deeds. Create the world for them. And MS, which was the other team, Omer al Don't create mankind because they're all lies. All lies. So here you have these two opposing forces fighting with each other. One of them says, create man because mankind is filled with kindness. And that's a great thing. The other one says, no, don't create mankind because mankind is filled with lies. And this is the challenge that the world that we live in today deals with. We deal with these two aspects of the world, the truth versus the kindness. There's a lot, a lot, a lot when we talk about that, you know, we say, we mentioned last week that the world is MS, the world is truth, uh, that Hashem is truth, Hashem al HaFem MS. So obviously this is a pretty significant and serious topic that deserves our attention and our focus. So let's dig in a little bit. We have to understand, you know, Jacob as a descendant of Isaac isaac is a descendant of abraham each one of them had special characteristics abraham was an extremist okay he was an extremist anybody knows what his trait was his trait was kindness right everyone knows his trait was kindness he had no no boundaries no limits no judgment no he didn't say anything that was in any way hurtful to anyone he was tolerant of everyone. He accepted everyone. He loved everyone. He gave to everyone. He was the, the pinnacle, the, the greatest example of kindness. But we know that the Torah doesn't go for extremes. The Torah doesn't go for extremes. So what happened? He had a son. His name is Ishmael. Ishmael became an extremist, just like his father, but without any, any sense of balance, right? Where he became an adulterer because love is love. And he had no judgment on anyone. He had no, uh, you know, he was just tolerant of everything. Tolerant of everything. Right? So he just wanted to express himself and his love and his kindness. And he became an adulterer. Right? No balance. He became an extremist. Yitzchak took it to the opposite extreme. Right? Yishmael took it to the extreme of his father. Yitzchak took it to the opposite extreme which was judgment, which was responsibility. What is kindness and what is, ju- what is truth and what is kindness? See, truth and kindness are two opposites. How are they two opposites? Okay, so let me give you an example. Let me ask you like this. You have someone who doesn't have a job or you have someone, no, forget, not someone, someone who doesn't have a job. So what do you, what do you need to help them, right? So there are several different options. You can do kindness, you could do truth right? You can do kindness. You just give them $20 and you help them out. Or you can do real kindness, which is give me, which is get them a job. That's kindness. But we all know that a handout, if someone deserves something and they receive it, that's truth. If someone doesn't deserve it and they receive it, right? That's kindness. That means truth is only when you deserve it, you get it. Kindness is even when you don't deserve it, I'm still going to give it to you. You have a child and you tell them, um, clean up your room and you'll get your treat. And they uh, clean up their room. They don't exactly, you know, do a perfect job. But you say, you know what? Now, if you're strict with truth, so you'll say, sorry, it's not clean. You're not getting it. But if you're kind, what does kind do? It says, you know what? The effort is what counts. And therefore, I'm going to give it to you anyway. Right? You don't deserve it, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Do you understand? So the the kindness contradicts the truth. It contradicts the truth because if it's truth, he deserves it, so he gets it. But what's kindness? Kindness is when you don't deserve it and you're getting it anyway. Okay. So we have to understand that Isaac was all truth. Was that was the, I want to say really all truth? He was all judgment. You get what you deserve, and that's it. Who is an extremist of that? Esav. Esav, his son was an extremist in the sense that he was a murderer. He became the judge and the jury. And he decided if you did something wrong, truth dominates. And I'm going to kill you. That's it. So he started killing people left and right. He became the judge and the jury. Right? So that was it. Yaakov, Jacob, the reason why he was able to have the tribes come from him was because he was a perfect blend of kindness and judgment. And what we know of Yaakov is Yaakov was the trait of truth. He was the trait of truth, but but on a balance. On a balance. It's very interesting, just to, just so you know. What was Abraham? We said was all tolerant, all kind. What was his wife? His wife Sarah was a tough cookie, right? She was. She didn't like that Hagar was was fooling around in her house. She didn't like that Ishmael was a bad influence. She kicked him out. Now. Who got that trait? Isaac got that trait from the mother, right? He got the mother's trait. So what did Abraham, when he was looking for a wife for Isaac, what did he say? He said to his servant, Eliezer, when you're going to find a wife for my son, make sure that she has what quality? Kindness, because he needed that balance. They say, our sages tell us that every husband and wife, every father and mother need to have that balance. You have one parent who is the kind one who is the, 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 the sensitive, delicate one, and then you have the one which is more firm, who is more by the rules, let's go, right? And it's a very important blend. If you have two parents who are tolerant, you have total chaos. You have two parents who are strict, you have law and order, and then, and then you have, right? So there has to be a blend, okay? There has to be a blend. So here's what I want to talk about today about, about truth, we all know truth, okay? If, you, if we stopped, closed our eyes, took a piece of pen and paper, and wrote down the things that we know are true, but yet we don't live them, how many truths are there that we don't believe, that we don't follow? That's a question we need to ask, okay? So I'll give you an example. If I know that it's true, if I want to be healthy, and I don't want to be, God forbid, uh, you know, overweight, or I don't want to be... Right? I, don't, I don't want to have high cholesterol. I, so there's certain foods I should stay away from. Okay, did Anybody ever go to the doctor? The doctor says, listen, there's certain foods you should stay away from. And you're like, really? That's my favorite food. Only that I have to stay away from? Right. So what happens? We know that that's the truth. But do we necessarily live by that truth just because we know it? The answer is no. Just because I know something doesn't mean I do It doesn't mean I live by it. That is exactly what we are trying to accomplish in the trade of truth is to not just know what truth is, but live with that truth. How do I live with that truth every single day? So I'll tell you what it means. I'll tell you. So, you, you know, you, you, put in, you put in your alarm clock, right, to wake up at the 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, Corona, 10 o'clock, okay? So, right, so you know that that's when you need to get up because you have uh, things you need to do. So that's the truth. But then you're in bed and you're sleeping. You're like, oh, come on, really? So you hit the snooze button. That's the kindness, right? Say, just give me another 15 minutes. Just give me another 15 minutes, right? Just another 15 minutes, right? It does not mean that kindness is a lie. It doesn't mean that. Kindness is its own virtue. They're not necessarily, right? But it's a little bit of a stretch of the truth. A little bit of a stretch of the truth. So what are things that I know to be true, but I still don't do them. And this is a task for each of us during the week. This coming week, you have to hopefully take some time and evaluate what are the things in your life that you know are true, but you just don't do them yet. I'll give you another example. We know that the Torah gives us certain criteria of things that we should or should not eat, right? There are certain categories of foods we shouldn't eat. There's sea animals, right? that we should eat, that we could eat, right? That have fins and scales. Fish with fins and scales, that's it. They have fins and scales, you can eat them. They don't have fins and scales, can't eat them. So we know the truth. That's what the Torah says. Does that mean that that's what we observe? And that is the hope. The hope is that we use this trait as an opportunity to figure out in our day-to-day lives, what is that truth that I'm seeking, that I know... And that i need to enhance in my life that i need to live up to that to that truth all right i know for myself i have i have a bunch of things here on my list on my sheet of that that i know are the right thing for me to be doing and not necessarily fulfilling them and if i am not in the level that i feel is appropriate you know there's a halacha that says that one should daven a man should daven three times a day with a minion okay so let's move COVID-19 out of this, right? But on a regular day where there isn't COVID-19, right, where there isn't the concerns of quarantine and all of that, does a person who is capable, who lives within proximity of a synagogue, take that measure to ensure that they they, they fulfill that? And that's something, right? We know that we're supposed to make blessings on foods, right? I actually learned yesterday, our sages tell us, that if one, the only thing that blocks a person from proper prayer, proper saying blessings, is arrogance. That's the only thing. If a person has humility and recognizes that everything's from Hashem, they have no problem pr- praying. I saw it. I was like, wow, that's unbelievable. Right? So if I do have, if a, if a person has a challenge with blessings, with prayers, what's the truth? What's the reason? What, what should I be doing? And what's stopping me from doing? it? And these are questions we need to investigate. Okay? Don't forget, we had half the angels already saying, don't create mankind, because mankind is filled with lies. They're living in a contradiction. And then you have half of them say yes, but they do kindness, unbelievable kindness. So we have to figure a way To blend the two, that our kindness, our ability to be kind and to be helpful and to to stretch ourselves for other people should also be within the realm of truth. Okay? We know that there's nothing that stands before the will, before the desire to do uh, something. If someone has a will, any will, I'm telling you, it's important to harness the trait of will, willpower. If a person has will, there's nothing in the world that can stop you. I've always tried to analyze presidential elections, senatorial elections, congressional elections, by trying to analyze the will of the candidate. Who has a greater will to attain that seat? Usually that's the one who wins. Because there's nothing that stands before will. And if you look through in hindsight, you'll see that there were certain, certain things that each candidate said that sort of indicated their will, that they were determined. They wanted this more than anything else. They were ready to give up anything for it, right? There's something, it would be nice, right? It would be nice to have it, but it's not like I really want it, want it. It's like it's, it would be, I certainly don't want that person, but it's not like I, right? It's an incredible thing. If we really want truth, we want to have a life of truth, we can attain it. We want to have a life of kindness, we can also attain it. we want to have a a life of kindness and truth together, we can attain it. There's nothing that we can't attain. We have to know this when we talk about truth, about the things that we do or do not live by. This is a very important thing. It's a very important goal for us to aspire for. To have truth. So we have to understand that there are different types of areas that need truth. For example, actual life, our beliefs, right? Do I believe in a God? Do I not believe in a God? Well, if I believe in God, then what is the Torah telling? If I don't believe, why don't I believe? Right? These are questions targeting that truth within our lives. Our thoughts, our practices. Are they following the guidelines of how we want to live our lives? Or do I fall short of that? Speech? do I exaggerate, do I embellish? Do I give a little white lies? just? To, right? Do I hide the truth? Or do I say it straight out? Now, we have to also remember, you know, I, I mentioned this previously. my father, may he live and be well, is a man of truth. Like his, his mida, his trait is truth. And you know what? I have said this before. Truth isn't always pretty. right? It's not always gentle and kind. The truth can sometimes be cutting. And there are people who love it, and there are people who suffer from it. right? Thank God, as children, we learn to appreciate it. My father, if, there was an, if you were wearing an ugly shirt, he would tell you it was an ugly shirt. He wouldn't skirt around it saying, well, you know, it's like, no, it's ugly. Finish, next. You know, it's like, He would say it the way it is. Okay, so now... Perhaps someone who has that trait of truth needs to work on softening it, making it a little bit more kind. But then you have people who you can ask them, how does this look? They're like, oh, it looks so beautiful. And really, they're just trying to be kind, but it's not really true. So you understand you have this this challenge that we're we're dealing with. When we're trying to acquire this trait of truth, we have to evaluate, is the speech that we verbalize true? Is it true or is it not true? and how do we not embellish how do we not exaggerate how do we really be accurate the truth is truth now there's a truth in sight in how we see things you know there's something as a trait we're going to talk about hopefully in the coming weeks about judging every person favorably what does it mean to judge every person favorably that means to see the truth of the full story you see many times we let our eyes make a judgment based on a half-truth. I only saw part of the story. So I assume that I got the full picture. I say, just say, don't judge your fellow in a negative way. When you're judging, judge them favorably. (inaudible) Judge the whole person favorably. It's important if we want to have truth in our vision, in our sight, that we have to see a whole picture. We have to believe in humanity. I'll give you an example. You see someone doing something, okay? You see someone doing something, and it's clearly not something favorable, okay? It's something that you say, what? I can't believe it. How can they talk like that? How can they act like that? How can they say something like that, right? But then you find out, right? So immediately, what do you do? Now, we don't want to be people who judge, right? We don't want to be people who judge people. Right? But the reality is, is that uh, our sages tell us that we have two sides of our brain, right? They're like scales. They're scales. They're constantly judging, right? We, as humanity, we're always judging, right? We're judging, is it good? Is it bad? Is it, is it right? Is it wrong? Right? We're always judging. So now the question is, if I'm already judging, how should I judge? So the Torah tells us, right? as kol judge every person favorably we have to always assume that someone is innocent or proven guilty in Jewish court. That's that, that's the way it works in secular court. That's the way it works. Um, the only time that you consider someone guilty it's actually the Mishnah says that both litigants when they stay in the front of you should be like as if they're guilty. And once, and yeah. once you give the ruling, they should both be in your eyes as if they're innocent it means as a judge, You can't maintain, oh, this guy was the guilty one. This one's the innocent one. He's the tzaddik, right? He's the righteous one, and he's the evil one, right? Forever, you you know, you never get, you know, once they leave, you have to consider them as innocent. How many times do people judge us? How many times do people judge us, and they don't talk to us for a few weeks, and we say, what's going on? They're like, how can you do such a thing? You're like, what? What are you talking about? And they say, yeah, I saw you do this and that. They're like, one second. You, you totally missed the story, right? I wasn't stealing something out of their car. I was helping them bring their bags into their house, right? understand? <laughs> so someone can see something. They're like, it's not your car. You're taking groceries out of someone's, someone's trunk. You must be stealing it. Why do you make that assumption? Don't you see that I was walking into the house? Well, I was just driving by. I didn't, I didn't look that you went into that house to bring it to them, to help them because they broke their leg, right? So you understand, someone can just see a little glimpse. They take a little snapshot. It's like the difference between a photo and a video, right? A video shows you a prolonged experience. A a, a, a photo takes a snapshot and that's what you see. That's what you see. But you don't see what happened before. You don't see what happened after. And that's the challenge, is that we are taking snapshots and assuming that this is the reality. And when we deal with truth, we need to understand that this, we need to see a full picture in order, to see, in, in order to have the truth. There are people who are struggling, struggling with certain areas of their life. They could have, a, they could have had a, a difficult childhood. They could have had a difficult marriage. They could have difficult children. They could have difficult health circumstances. They can have many difficult things. So instead of judging them for that, those challenges that they were gifted with by the Almighty, I can just say, you know what, look how good their perspective is considering what they were dealing with. I believe that there are people who are unhealthy and we have to have mercy on those people. Someone who is a a kleptomaniac or someone who, right, so are they evil? They, we need to have mercy on such people. I mean, it, Nebuch, it's like, it's so sad, right? They can't help themselves, right? So we need to get them help. We need to provide them with whatever, whatever resources we can get to them to assist them. Uh, you know, you have people who have certain fears and worries based on abuse that they've experienced, right? Is it their fault that they were abused? Is it their fault that someone took advantage of them? That they have certain fears that we can consider illogical and, and crazy. Like, what's the big deal? Just stop it. Grow up. You're not a baby, right? And they have these fears. And they have these worries. Looking at just part of the story, saying that they're they're crazy, is not seeing a full picture. Perhaps it's giving the judgment on on what we see. You know what? You know what can make this even much easier. Let's think of ourselves as that person. Okay. Let's think of ourselves as that person. Have we ever been in a situation where we did something that we knew was wrong? I'll give you an example. Were you ever rushing to a hospital or to a doctor's appointment? Which is, you know, you got a phone call. You know what? The doctor had an availability in 10 minutes. If you're here, you get the appointment. It's very important, okay? If you're not here in 10 minutes, we're closing the office. You're gonna miss your, your opportunity. You'll have to wait three weeks for the appointment. You get in that car. And you don't obey the speed limits, right? And you say, you know what? Everybody should just calm down because everybody understands, okay? I'm not a speeder. I, that's not what I do. And you know what? I just need to get there and I need to get there fast, okay? And we are thinking to ourselves, I'm really a good person. I'm just like, I'm taking I'm taking care of somebody else who, who's, who's ill. I'm doing acts of kindness. Stop judging me, right? And we, we're sitting there thinking the justification for what we're doing. And someone else is looking and saying, look at that, Ronnie. Unbelievable. I thought she was a good person. Here she is, right? Not running lights, but, you know, excessive speed. She's going over the speed limit. I look at them. But in our, in our minds, we say one second. I, 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 it's justified. You're right. I'm doing something wrong, but it's justified because, look, I have to save a life here. Or I have this doctor's point. It's really important because if I don't get this test, I won't be able to go to the wedding. You understand? You just imagine all the things, Right human beings are, we're good. We're good. Sometimes we do stupid things. And even when we do things that are wrong, we usually try to find a way to justify it. It Doesn't mean that it's justified, but we try to find a way to justify it because we know it's wrong. You know, it's very interesting. Just yesterday had a story. Okay. So there was, there's a woman, a neighbor that we know who was walking by. One afternoon, I saw I sit a lot. We sit a lot in the front here now with COVID, so we're you know doing some work. Obviously, all the work in the house. I teach all my classes here, and we sit outside a lot. So I see people passing by all the time. Again, this is like central station here. I see all the all the passers by, and I said hello. Ignored me. Okay, so I mentioned something to my wife. I said, you know, this person. I said hello, and she totally ignored. Me. She said the same thing happened to me. She said, I also said hello, and she totally ignored me. I said, maybe she didn't hear us. So I spoke to her husband, who's a very good friend of mine. I said to him, is your wife upset at us for anything? Did we do something? Because we both had this experience. My wife and I, we both said hello to her in separate, separate situations, and she just ignored us. He said, I don't know. I'll find out. So she was passing by yesterday. We're both sitting outside, and she came over to us. She's like, I just don't hear things. I'm sorry. I was just didn't, I didn't hear. So it's like, she's like, and she just, you know, came up and it was, you know, sometimes it's something so simple, right? Now I wouldn't be offended if she didn't either. So it's like, I, I try not to live my life based on other people. Okay. I try not to. I think it's a very important thing, except if it was my parents, right? Or my children. But even then we have to realize that we have our own lives and we have to have our own source of joy and happiness and healthy and we shouldn't be dependent on the people around us for feeling quote unquote valued in their eyes. Now, of course, every human being needs to feel valued in the eyes of other people, and that's the job of a parent to give their children that feeling and that sense of love and and we, we you know, we appreciate you, we cherish you. You're awesome, you're incredible. Right, you're beautiful. That's a parent's job is to empower their children with that feeling of confidence. That's not always done, so a child can grow with some insecurities, you know, and 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 then they're more reliant and needing of, you know, their environment. But a, a really, when a person is in a healthy state, they don't need others to confirm their goodness. They don't need other people to validate them to be to be good. You know, there's an interesting thing. So I remember once there was a, we were driving home. My grandfather spoke about the trade of truth. And I was driving home with my grandfather from the lecture that he was giving. And my grandfather would give uh, several lectures every week in front of hundreds, if not thousands of people. Like the Mir Yeshiva that has over 9,000 students, my grandfather would give every other Tuesday, he would give a big lecture in the main study hall of the Mir Yeshiva. Right, uh, hundreds of people would pack in there, right, to to hear him. And uh, you know, many times I would go home with him from that uh, lecture. So the the person who was driving him was a was the spiritual leader of a different yeshiva, and he was talking to my grandfather about whether or not it is okay to speak about a topic that you don't possess, or right? to a, a trait. Meaning, if you talk about kindness and you don't possess kindness, is that so my grandfather was like totally, you know, befuddled. I don't know what to say. He was like, he was like, what, how can you talk about something that you don't possess? It's impossible. It's like, you can't talk about now. I've made a disclaimer here in these classes, in the beginning of these classes, I try to remind you constantly that I don't talk from a point of, of superiority at all. Uh, in any of these topics, the reason why I talk about these topics is because I myself am trying to work on these topics. So I'm not giving here a lecture to you, telling you what to do. I'm telling you this is what I need to work on myself, and I'm happy that I have an audience that I can work through this together with everyone. Right? So don't feel like this is this class is ever me telling you what to do. Rather, it's me talking to a mirror. I'm actually literally looking, at seeing myself here in front of me, and. You're you're joining me in this conversation, helping me identify different aspects of this, but it's a very important thing. I'll give you an example. Many parents have this idea that do as they say, not as they do. Basically, I'm not being truthful, right? I'm telling you to do something, but I don't do it myself, right? And we need to be very careful because children see those contradictions and it confuses them right? Why should I do something? And the, the reality is that children follow the actions of their parents, not the words of their parents, right? So there's a story that I have over here on my notes. It was once a, uh, a someone came over to a rabbi and asked him for a letter of recommendation for an approbation for a book he was writing or for, for something that he was, he was doing. So the, the rabbi didn't have his letterhead. He had an old letterhead from an old institution that he so the rabbi refused to write the, the letter. So they said, just write it. What does it make a difference? He says, it's not honest. It's not truthful. That's not my institution that I'm with, right? I'm not with that institution. I can't write it, right? It was, it was a story once of a, of a uh, wide receiver in, in the NFL that did something, and it was found out to be, this, to, to be not truthful. So they asked them the contradiction. You said this, and this is what the findings were. He said the following, he says, this is my story and I'm sticking with it, right? right? Sometimes we get, we get arrogant or we get beyond ourselves and we don't allow the truth to, to actually dominate our lives. You know, so I'll tell you, one of, one of my rabbis said a very interesting thing. He says, but you have to be careful with the truth as well. He said, you have to be careful with the truth. He says, you know, El Al, anytime you fly to Israel, they ask you, did you pack, did you pack your bags yourself? Right. And they ask you all of these questions asking you about your right about your, um, you know, did you leave the bag alone? Right. Did anybody give you something to take? Did anybody, right? do you have any gifts for people, et cetera, et cetera. So one of my rabbis, an honest man, is a man of truth. And he said, yes, he said, yes, actually, I um, I, I, I have a gift that I, I, I have for someone. They took him into a separate room. They took out his entire bag. He missed his flight, right? Just, and he realized from that point that it perhaps is not always a good thing to be so straightforward and truthful. What I do, and I tell this to anybody who ever asks me to take anything for them, I say, listen, I'm not going to lie. And I'm going to tell them that I have a gift if I have a gift. Unless you give this to me and this becomes mine, all right? So you asked me to take this to your family member in Israel, right? I'm like, I'm not taking it to your family member in Israel. I'm taking it and it's mine, okay? When I get to Israel, I'll decide what to do with it, okay? And that way, I'm not, I I don't want to have to lie. I don't want to have to say something which is not truthful, right? I want to be straightforward and honest. This is mine and it's my, my possession. It's mine. It belongs to me. I don't have to give it, right? If I decide, out of the goodness of my heart, to pass it along to someone else, Right? By request of someone, I'll do that. But that's not that's my choice. And that way I don't I don't say something which isn't truthful. All right, but that's just a you know to to avoid a situation like that. That's uh, just but but to be to be very, very careful that truth is a is a very, very powerful thing. It's a very, very powerful thing. And we have to be very careful not to bend that truth and not to twist it.